I'm Jake Watson, and this is the Saints Unscripted podcast, where we have conversations about faith crisis, topics that may be triggering about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the Gospel, church history, prophets, the Book of Mormon and the Bible, and so many other things. This is Season 1, Faith Crisis. Really, what's happened is you've walked away from the threat, so it does feel safe. But five years later, 10 years later, somebody talks about the church or there's a baby blessing and they invite them back in. And and so this person now outside of the church that's safe tries to go back and sit in a sacrament meeting and all the alarms are going off, all the bells and whistles. This is dangerous. This is crazy. You shouldn't be here. Get out of here. This isn't good for you, right? 10 years later, that trauma is still present inside of you. Welcome back. Uh, We're very happy that you've joined us on the Saints Unscripted podcast, viewers and listeners. Today we have Robin, the heart whisperer here today. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for inviting me. I'm super excited. Uh, We're... (laughs) We're ex- I'm so excited too, and so honored that you'd come on. Uh, Robin is the heart whisperer, and I work with her with my, you know, emotional, mental. Uh, are there maybe there are a few more categories there, but my some of those challenges, <laughs> and she's been amazing for me, and we've worked through some trauma and so forth, and and I really. Well, we kind of talked and she brought up religious trauma once, and I thought that would be so perfect for the podcast. And so maybe we can start with that, with talking what is religious trauma, how did you get into that, and maybe you can just kind of take it from there, Robin. Sure, sure. One of the things that's important to realize is trauma comes in many forms, and so We all understand, and I think we're familiar with physical trauma. If you had an injury, if if you're in an accident and there was physical trauma to the body or the brain, you know, we know that needs special care. We know that needs to be taken care of and nurtured to heal. But a lot of times people experience emotional trauma. And because that's something that's only internal, we don't think of it as something that needs to be healed or something we need to focus on. And when people experience something that is emotionally traumatic within the religious system, then um, they experience a kind of religious trauma. And the interesting thing is that trauma can come from different sources and in different ways. Some people actually have trauma with God, you know, like I, I told God I needed this. I wanted this in my life. He promised me if I read my scriptures every day, you know, married in the temple, my life was going to be perfect. And it's not. Or he didn't answer that prayer. Or I thought this was going to happen and it didn't. And it creates this trauma even with God. Like we, we felt safe with God and now something happened we weren't expecting. And so we feel unsafe in our relationship with God. So. We can have trauma with God. We can have trauma with church policy or doctrine. We can have trauma with church members. You know, the, the 
culture of the church that we talk about, that can be really hard and emotionally damaging for some people. We can have trauma with church leaders. And so any of that, you know, I would just categorize generally as religious trauma. And we may even experience one or all of those things throughout our life. And um, for me, <laughs> I'm not a trained licensed therapist. Um, I'm trained in a process called heart-centered therapy. Um, but my methods of helping people and working with people are more on the holistic side. Um, so because I'm not a licensed therapist today, I might use words that aren't typical. <laughs> I'm just going to explain trauma in my words. <laughs> but um, a couple of years ago, I had a, a really difficult experience in June that created some trauma with God. Um, I really felt like he let me down. And I, I had just barely gotten back on my feet from that. And then in October, um, I had another huge trauma, or sorry, in August, I had a second huge trauma um, with some people in my life, people that I trusted that really uh, let me down. Two months later, I had a third trauma with people in my ward in the neighborhood and some church leadership. And two months after that, I had a fourth trauma with a dear close friend who I had really trusted and and I had been lied to for a long time and didn't know it. And so within a space of four months, I hit had trauma from almost every angle in my life, from the business side, from my uh, friend and family side, from the religious side or church and ward members. It was just everywhere. And by December, I was on my knees and I just said, God, I can't have any more trauma in my life. You know, what am I not learning? <laughs> because if I get hit one more time, I may not be able to get back up. So what is it you want me to learn from all of this? And I heard him say, I need you to learn about trauma. And I said, done. <laughs> I will figure it out. I will learn about it. I will, you know, but if I do this, please, please, no more trauma for a while. And so that really began my search and study of trauma, you know, figuring out what is trauma? How does trauma affect us? Um, what happens to us when we're triggered by trauma? Um, how do we overcome trauma? Is there a way to heal trauma? One of the things that really helped me learn about trauma um, was this book, uh, The Body Keeps the Score. And it's by, don't even know how to say this name, Bessel van der Kolk, MD. Um, but it teaches you all about the brain, the mind, the body, and the healing of trauma. So. Um, that would be a great resource for people. It was a good resource for me. And um, in that process, I became trained in a process where I could help my clients, you know, release trauma in their life. And so, so the, uh, my knowledge about trauma has just come from the ground up, <laughs> from experiencing, recognizing it, learning to deal with it, and learning to manage it in my own life. Wow, four times. I thought when you said the 
the first experience you had and then two months later I had that I was like oh wow that's insane <laughs> and that was only halfway through wow yeah. that's what a thank you for sharing that I and so you, you talked about your experience dealing with trauma so how I guess I would ask how how do we know if we have gone through trauma or what does it look like yeah what if because I I feel like at least with me, right? Yeah. And I've talked to you about this is if I experience something bad, usually I'll just, you know, hide it down stuff deep, it. stuff it down <laughs> and yeah. try to go on. And then it boils up or I, I guess I, I, I call it, and I just experienced this a couple months ago with, I, I think I talked to you about this where I felt like I started to unravel again because I saw the pattern of the last time that I really unraveled. And so maybe can you talk a little bit about that, how we can recognize if we have been through trauma or what causes yes. trauma? Yes. And this is a great question because this is really the beginning. If we can learn to recognize trauma in our own lives, that is the beginning of healing. I didn't even realize how much trauma I'd had in my life. Even though all those things were hard, I didn't realize where the trauma kept showing up. So people have different responses to trauma, and they talk about that a lot. But generally, if something traumatic happens, let's take like a car crash. We're just going to take a non-religious experience for a minute. Right? <laughs> so let's say you were in a really difficult car crash, and um, it was painful, and there was that noise you know, of the cars slamming into each other, and you were injured, so there's physical pain and recovery time and all of that. Well, the brain, the job of the brain is to keep us alive and to keep us safe. So anytime we experience something overwhelmingly traumatic like that, physically or emotionally, the brain is going to log every detail about that experience so that it can protect you moving forward if you got in a situation like this again, the brain is going to warn you and say, remember, we've done this once already. This turned out bad. Avoid, avoid, avoid. <laughs> right? So trauma, when we experience this, it becomes ingrained in us, in the physiology of our system. It, it is not just a thought. It's not just a, an emotion that comes up. Um, that need to protect us becomes a physiological response. So if you had this car crash, right? And so now that sound of crashing metal becomes a very um, traumatic for you. You could be at home a year later, sitting at your desk, and all of a sudden you hear a loud crash outside. That is going to take you right back to that moment of the car crash and all of those feelings. Your heart's going to start racing. Your brain is going to, you know, be confused. You go into all of those symptoms or fight or flight because the mind is saying, wow, we've done this before. We're going to protect you. Remember how dangerous this is. And that response comes up without thinking about it. You can't even control it. It's almost like a reflex. So it's like, it's like you're on a train and you're going down this path and you're going on this journey and all of a sudden a trauma trigger hits 
And it's like somebody pulls the switch on the railroad tracks and all of a sudden you're diverted onto a new rail. Like you can't even control where that is going. (laughs) The minute the trauma trigger hits, you're going to be challenged, taken in a new direction. Does that make sense? (laughs) Okay. Sadly so. I'm thinking of my owners. I was like, oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) So realize trauma is not something we can just think our way out of. Trauma is a physiological response in the body to something we see as dangerous. And so without even thinking, when that person hears that, that metal crashing, their, their body and their mind, they're going to take them straight into a trauma response. And in that response, um, different things happen. Some people want to fight when they get triggered by trauma. Some people um, go into flight like they want to run. They want to get out of there. Um, some people freeze. They can't do anything. They're just stuck. And then some people appease. And that means if you are in danger, you would just do anything you can to make sure that that person that's going to harm you is happy, right? Or, or you're just going to give in to their will to minimize the damage. So fight, flight, freeze, or appease. Those are different ways we respond to trauma. Um, Like I said, your heart starts racing. Sometimes your stomach starts churning, you know, like you're upset. Um, It affects your breath. It's hard to breathe. It affects your thinking. All of those things, when when we are trying to, um, it deals with the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system, right? So the functions of the body completely change in trauma. And they change so that they can, it it will help us survive whatever's going on. So that's a big description of trauma, what can happen in trauma. But um, one of the most fascinating things that happens as a trauma response is that your left brain is shut down or minimized and your right side of your brain is enhanced. And this causes a couple of problems because the left side of our brain is all about sequence and logic and um, all of that. And when we don't have that sequencing and logic and timeline, um, when that person that was in the car crash hears that noise again, that left side is shut down. And so it feels like they're right back there in the trauma. There's no way to separate that was then and this is now. That left side of your brain is not functioning. And so you hear that noise and you are there. At the same time, the right side of your brain is activated, which is your emotion, your creativity, your um, imagination. And so we go into all this emotional response and we can imagine all these horrible possibilities and we create all these things, right? And again, there is no choice. It's not like that person hears that metal crashing and says, I think I'm going to protect myself and go into a trauma response. You just are there. Just like someone switching that train track, you, you have no control and you are there. 
And that's important to realize. So um, that's just kind of a quick overview about trauma and how we respond and how our body responds. But recognize that there's, you can't just think your way out of trauma. It's, trauma is not a mind game. <laughs> I feel like you're calling me out. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Trauma is a response, and it's going to happen every time there is that trigger. Thank you for validating. I, to be honest, when I asked that question, you know, how can we understand if we've gone through trauma? And, and my immediate response inside my head was like, well, that's a stupid question. <laughs> like, because I, I immediately thought, well, if someone hit me on the head and caused brain or head trauma, I would know that I had head trauma. Yes, yes. And I was like, well, of course I'd understand that. But th thank you for expanding on what, what you know, emotional or, or religious trauma could look like and that, ex that, uh, that example with the car. Wow. So I, I feel validated. Thank you. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> So, so if we took this now into religion, right, I'll share um, one of my stories. So uh, one of those traumas was I had someone approach me and they wanted to promote me and promote my work. And I was very excited and happy to have that promotion. Uh, it turns out, no, they did not want to promote me. They wanted to make uh, kind of a mockery of what I do really uh, diminish my gifts. And I was totally deceived by the whole experience. I thought they were out for my best interest. But in the end, they just slandered me. And that information got to so many of my family and friends and people in the neighborhood. And um, I, I was horrified, honestly, just horrified, thinking, why why? Why did they even do that? What was the point? What are they trying to achieve? But in that process, um, some of the people in my ward, some of the women in my ward, uh, went and talked to my bishop and said, Robin is really not using her gifts correctly, and she's not really a good person. <laughs> well, I don't know what they said. <laughs> but you know, now the bishop calls me in and people are saying this about you and you're misusing your gifts and you're not doing this right and da, 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 da. Well, this whole experience created an emotional trauma for me. First of all, I felt very betrayed, um, not only by this person that, that shared all of this information, but then I thought that that person didn't even know me, so I don't even care what they think about me. But these people know me. I've taught lessons to their children in primary. I've been their young women leader. I've spoken in church. They know me, and they're believing this person's word over mine, right? And now, all of a sudden, I have what I would call some religious trauma. And for the first time in my life, I would go to church and sit there, and it would trigger me. Just polling in the parking lot would trigger me. So I think, I, I don't know who it was. I don't know who thinks that. I don't know who said that. And so I would sit and release society in this state of trauma. And in a state of trauma, you become very protective as well. And so, you know, I would think, well, who said that? Well, who thinks that? Well, who doesn't know me? Who doesn't understand me? And church became so hard. 
it wasn't anything about the doctrine of Christ. It wasn't anything about my testimony. It was just trauma with some people at church. And then my leader, you know, that was hard to kind of be called in. Um, and it would get to the point that I would pull in the parking lot and my heart starts racing, you know, and I would start shutting down. I would start like wanting to just get smaller and smaller and smaller. And, um, and I couldn't control that, Jake. It's not like every week I'd go, I'm going to get upset when I drive in the parking lot today, right? Trauma just happens when you triggered, there's a response. So that's just an example with members, and it's a simple example. And one thing that's powerful is to know we, th- we all can recognize trauma with a big T, right? The car accidents, the abuse, the someone dies. I mean, those are big traumas that everyone can recognize. And, and we're usually quite sympathetic to someone in a car accident or going through a divorce or whatever. But there's a lot of traumas with a little T, right? I would say that was a little T trauma, but still so hurtful to me. And so those responses, I couldn't control. And like I said, for the first time in my life, I didn't want to go to church. And many days I would just say, okay, I'm going to sit and release society as long as I feel safe. But the minute one comment was said, or I got one look from somebody that I interpreted the wrong way, I walked out. And that's the only way I knew how to deal with what was going on inside of me. Robin, I think that's going to be incredibly helpful for for someone, because I know it's helping me right now. Because when you brought up, when you didn't feel safe anymore, <laughs> you would get up and leave. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I've walked out of my fair share of elders quorum <laughs> meetings. And it, it's funny because we had our, at the time when I was still going to elders quorum, right? I, I haven't been, I mean, full disclosure, I haven't been to elders quorum in who knows how long, maybe a couple of years. And, uh, and, um, and our elders quorum was in a gym. Oh, yeah. And. I think I think I even remember the experience now. It was it was talking about I think it was a talk given by Elder Holland a couple years ago maybe, and he was talking about how people need to start being more on time to church. Oh gosh! And, and I'm terrible at that. <laughs> and and so in Elder's Quorum, they're like, we're going to start locking the doors, <gasps> and it's going to be funny when we hear someone knocking on the door trying to get into church, and we won't let them in because they're late. And I was like. And I, and I said out loud, the Savior wouldn't do that. <laughs> and then I got up and I walked out. And this wasn't the only time I'd walked out before. Because, yeah. and, and and it was kind of funny. I'd, I'd get up, no shame, walk in front of everyone. And we were in the gym and my <laughs> shoes are really loud. And so just click, clack, click, clack, right out of the gym. And, oh, gosh. Uh, but uh, thank you for sharing that. I mean, it yeah. helps me so much to know that like, I'm not some weirdo that, like, oh, you just can't handle church or you just can't handle the the true gospel yeah. being taught in church or or, you know, and I hear some of the stuff I think in the scriptures or and it's it's recycled over conference about, 
you know, the wicked take the truth to like prick their to hearts. To be hard. To be hard. <laughs> and so now I'm like, oh, I must be wicked because oh, I'm, I'm taking this hard. You no, know? no, no. I, I'm having a hard time <laughs> believing the Savior would lock me out of church, you know? <laughs> that must be the truth. No. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, thank you for sharing that. I, and so I guess if we're, if we're continuing talking about religious trauma. Yeah. If if I if if I start to recognize, oh yeah. my gosh, I think I've had some religious trauma, or I'm dealing with that, or I'm having yeah. this response, or if I or if I know somebody, you yeah. know, family members, friends, or yeah. or anybody, if I notice that they've experienced religious trauma or trauma, what what can what can I do to help myself if I've had that, or what can I do to help, or what can we do to help? Yeah, others? to help others. Yeah. Um. And I'm, this is why I'm excited about this conversation, because I feel like it's just largely untapped in the church, and yet there's so much religious trauma, you know? And, and I think what happens when we experience trauma, no matter what the angle is, whether we have a traumatic um, experience with a bishop or, or a release society president or a leader, right? or it's the doctrine, or it's the culture, or it's the people, what happens is once that trauma gets kind of in the mix of our faith and our beliefs and our testimony, it just all feels bad. <laughs> you know, it just all feels wrong. And so I think the first thing we can do is just start separating the trauma out. You know, and I love this example. When God created the earth, the first thing he did was separate the light from the dark. And I think that's such a powerful thing um, to do because when it's all mixed together, it's, it's nothing. It's the same. Everything's equal, you know. But when I could start saying, wait a minute, I have these weird feelings when I pull in the parking lot now and I don't feel safe at church. And remember, trauma is about safety right? Because the mind is trying to keep you safe. And so there's something in that experience that has violated your feelings of safety. So to say, wait a minute, I need to pull this out and say, I don't feel safe with my sisters in Release Society, but I feel safe in the doctrine of Jesus Christ. I still believe there is a God who loves me. I still know this is where I want to worship and express my faith. I, you know, I believe this, but this is where my trauma is. Or, um, you know, there was a particular time when I was really struggling. Um, I'll just share this experience. It's pretty personal, but um, in my late 40s or mid 40s, I started having some memories of sexual abuse from my childhood. Uh, I think that was the age that I felt safe and ready to deal with it. And that's why those memories surfaced at that point. But for me as an adult and a mom now, and this happened years ago, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't even know how to begin to process that. And so I went to my bishop, you know, and said, Bishop, this, this has happened. This is, I'm having these memories and these experiences. I don't know what to do. And he said, you know, Robin, this is a gospel of joy. I think you should just forget about it. Let it go and just move forward in your life, enjoying the things that you do. Now, 
there's a couple of problems there, and there's no need to comment about the bishop's response in the comments. <laughs> First of all, I should not have gone to my bishop, right? He's not a mental health therapist. He's not a counselor. I just didn't know where to go. But in going there, he invalidated me, and, and I felt very minimized and small. And then I felt like, oh my gosh, this, I thought this was a big deal and maybe this is stupid. And, and so all of these feelings come up, but now every week I see my bishop at church and he never looked me in the eye again. He never asked how I was doing. He never connected me to, you know, help. Um, and that's really the protocol of the church, by the way, because I wrote a general authority about this situation. <laughs> And I got a response back, <laughs> you know, Whoa. and they said, we are sorry that this happened. This should not have happened. He should have helped you find help. Right. So so we know what they're supposed to do. And it just didn't happen. Um, but again, I started kind of glumping all this together like, well, this is God or God's ordained person in my life. And he didn't do this. And so the church isn't true. And the church doesn't care about me. And, that, you know, like you just start glumping out all together, all together. And pretty soon, I'm not feeling it with the church. I'm not happy to be there, you know. And one day I was praying about this. I'm like, I don't know how you expect me to go to your church when this is what I get from the leaders, you know. And I want to read something because I felt inspired to read the title page of the Book of Mormon. Okay. And, and the very last line on the title page of the Book of Mormon says this, And now, if there are faults, they are the mistakes of men. Wherefore, condemn not the things of God, that ye may be found spotless at the judgment seat of Christ. And that was such a powerful thing for me because I realized that trauma with that particular leader, I was taking that trauma with that leader and judging everything else <laughs> to do with God based on that trauma, right? And so now God is saying, no, don't judge the mistakes of men. Or, or don't use the mistakes of men to judge everything that is of me. And so, again, separating that out, that, okay, this is an isolated case, and I cannot blame God. I cannot blame that leader for not knowing what to do. They're not a trained therapist. They don't know how to handle this. Um, what happened was unfortunate, but not... Um, but forgivable, right? I, I can heal from that trauma, and that's my responsibility. So when you have trauma in your life, let's look at it. Let's own it. Let's, um, and, and it's not that bad things don't happen, you know. It would have been better in my life, I feel like, if that hadn't have happened. It would have been better if I hadn't have had the sexual abuse, too. It would have been better, you know. Our lives would always be better without all the hard things, but I had to accept that did happen. He didn't handle that very well, but I make mistakes too, and I'm going to choose to forgive him, and I'm going to take the time to heal my own trauma about this, and then 
I'm free to move on. Um, so recognize it in yourself. Honor that these things are hard. They are hard. And it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay to be traumatized by some of these things that happen. But allow yourself to find healing because if not, that trauma is going to drive the decisions for the rest of your life. You know, we, d- we let the trauma make our decisions. Um, you asked about how we can help others as well. And I think that the first thing that we can do is validate their trauma. Because trauma is subjective. <laughs> so what is traumatic to you might not be traumatic to me. You know, you might hear that story about me and my bishop and be like, Robin, what was your problem? He didn't know, you know, right? But to me, for whatever reason, that was really hurtful. That was the f- like one of the first times I had dared speak about it. And then just to get shut down by a religious leader, that was trauma on top of the trauma I was already talking about, right? So trauma is subjective, and two people can go through the same experience, the same thing, and one person may have emotional trauma from it, and the other person may not. Um, So let's always honor each other in our trauma and say, gosh, it sounds like that was really hard for you. You know, I can tell by the way you're responding that there may still be some trauma associated with that. And trauma is, like I said, it's not something you can just think your way out of or pray your way out of. It's a physiological response in the body that needs to be healed on that level. And so you can go to a therapist. You can, you know, I said I'm trained in trauma release. I I can help you. She's amazing. (laughs) It's helped you. me so much. <laughs> but we release the trauma, and then you're able to see that situation clearly. So for me to even tell you that story about my bishop and not become, like, glossy-eyed and, like, frozen and uh, 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 I can't speak, that shows you that trauma has been healed for me. Now, it's still going to sting a little bit, you know. It's still going to hurt, but it's not going to derail me like we talked about. I can still talk about it and stay focused and stay present and stay on track. My heart's not racing. I'm not getting sweaty palms, right? That is a sign of healed trauma. I just, as you're explaining some of that, I'm like, oh, the next time we meet, I've got some (laughs) things to talk to you about. Yeah. But... uh, one thing that sticks out to me, you know, pertaining to the next question I want to ask you is when, you know, when we start to try to separate that trauma, like you said, and I feel like I have a really hard time clumping that because for some reason over the past couple of years, I just want to blame everything on God. Like, yeah. God, this wouldn't happen. <laughs> God, this wouldn't happen. And so now you're saying, and I love what you shared in the Book of Mormon. Like, I swear I've read that book so many times. I can't even count. But Another new understanding and a refreshing understanding of trying to not judge God by, you know, the mistakes of men. And even even though I'm like understanding that to be truth, I feel like that's gonna still take me a lot of work to accept that and 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 take that in and really 
let that work in me. Uh, anyway, so speaking of God, yeah. and maybe we can talk a little bit about faith. Is is I I hear uh, sometimes when when you know people have trauma, maybe associated with the religion or the church or emotionally, you know, they they experience trauma and they leave the church. And I hear that's you know one of the healthiest decisions that they've made or yeah. the best decisions they've made was to get out of there because it was so unhealthy and trauma related. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, and part of my response is like, yeah, okay. If you feel like that's healthy for you, go ahead. And I feel like I'm trying to think of my own experience. Like, is that the best decision for me? And uh, who knows what is right now because I'm still trying to navigate through this, yeah. but I don't want that to be the best decision. I, I want to to have faith still, I, or I try to, I want to try to rebuild the yeah. faith that I, I felt like I once had mm-hmm. and that I feel is, is, is gone now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think um, it has to, a lot, a lot of has, a lot of it has to do with God. And so, in light of that, if we have experienced religious trauma and we still want to have faith and we want to rebuild that faith or keep the faith that we have, how can we protect our faith? Mm, mm-hmm. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Um, and I, I'm going to s- start by responding to the first part of that, and then we'll get to okay. protecting the faith. Um, because... Remember, as I mentioned, trauma is about safety. And so a lot of times I feel like, and, and I've had family members leave the church as well, um, but a lot of times they leave the church and the church is the threat, right? The trauma is there. And so they leave the church and it feels safe. And sometimes I think that safety um, can be mistaken in a way for, oh, this must be right because now I feel safe. When really, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong to leave the church. I'm just saying, let's look at the scenarios, right? Um, really, what's happened is you've walked away from the threat, so it does feel safe. But five years later, 10 years later, somebody talks about the church or there's a baby blessing and they invite them back in. And, and so this person now outside of the church that's safe tries to go back and sit in a sacrament meeting and all the alarms are going off, all the bells and whistles. This is dangerous. This is crazy. You shouldn't be here. Get out of here. This isn't good for you, right? Ten years later, that trauma is still present inside of you. All that you're doing in leaving the church is avoiding the trauma. I mean, not always. Oh, please don't take me the wrong way. Because <laughs> sometimes people really intentionally leave the church, and I understand that, and I honor that. But I'm just saying, let's really start identifying when trauma is driving the decision. And so people often leave the church, but they can't leave the trauma behind. Because the trauma is in the body. It's in the physiological response. And so, like I said, you could have a conversation six months later or a year later, and it takes them right back to that pain and trauma of being in the church. And all those emotions flare up, and, and they start ranting and raving about the church as if that offense had just happened yesterday. 
And the offense might have happened 20 years ago. Another fascinating point about this to realize is that trauma does not care if something is true. Trauma is not about truth. Trauma is a physiological response to an event. And the event itself isn't even the trauma. The trauma lives in us. So, like I said, this bad thing can happen, and I might be traumatized, and the next person isn't. So the trauma is not the event. The trauma is the physical response that we are holding physiologically um, about the said event. So this is just an interesting thing someone was saying once that um, they were talking to a member of the church who had left the church, and they had said to the member, you know, why are you still upset about something that you no longer believe in? Because they were going on and on about the church, right? (laughs) Well, the trauma isn't in the story. The trauma is in you. And so it doesn't matter how many times we tell our story about what happened in the church or what happened with God or what happened with that leader. Telling the story will never heal us. The trauma isn't there. It's here. And so we have to look at that fact. The trauma is not in the belief. It's not because of the other person. It's because of how we responded to that situation where we felt unsafe. And so even trying to find help for our trauma when we're experiencing trauma, some of the things we can do are find a point of safety, find a place that makes, helps us calm down, you know, do some breathing exercises to um, send that signal to your body that you're okay. If you take some deep breaths, that tells your body everything's okay. Um, that will get you out of the fight or flight response. Um, just becoming aware of the trauma triggers. I'm telling you, it's like when you go to buy a new car and you never, I just bought a Jeep last year. I never noticed Jeeps on the road, but all of a sudden I decided to buy a Jeep and now I see a Jeep everywhere, right? So it's the same thing. You've probably never noticed trauma in your life before, but hopefully after this discussion, you're going to be able to start pinpointing it. And you're going to see how many times trauma shows up in your life and is powerful because awareness and knowledge is power. So as we become aware of it, we have the power to heal it. Is this making sense? I don't, I'm not trying to offend anyone. No, I don't don't, think you are. So my hope would be that heal the trauma first. Heal the trauma and then make your decisions about the church. You know, and then in a healed state of trauma, if you leave the church, you will leave in peace. If you stay in the church, you will find your peace. I love that. Okay. So. So I need to heal first (laughs) and then I can. I'm just kidding. (laughs) So how do we protect our faith when we're going through all of this? and? That can be hard. It's really hard to sort through the mess of emotions and what you're feeling and what your body is telling you. Um, I really, as the heart whisperer, I always invite people to go into their heart. You know, your heart can only speak to you in truth. 
the mind, you can get all sorts of crazy answers from the mind because we're influenced by our doubts and our ego and our false beliefs and our trauma and our pride. And so many things are happening in the mind. Um, but the heart can only speak to you in truth. And so um, you can look at that trauma. You can set that trauma aside, connect into your heart and say, how do I really feel about this? What's the truth here for me? And there's this beautiful, simple quietness that comes when the heart speaks to you. And sometimes the voice of the heart is so simple, we ignore it. Because we feel like, ah, that can't be true. That was just a simple answer, right? <laughs> truth is simple, right? So you can ask the heart questions. What's right for me? Can I release this trauma and stay in the church? How can I protect my faith? How can I find that connection with God again? Where do I go to find my answers? You know, we tap into the heart and you're really, and Jake, you're so good at this. <sighs> really though? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, but you've learned, right? You can yeah. connect your heart. You can ask questions. You can find answers. And to really get grounded in that truth, your own truth, to me, that's where you're going to find some peace and that's what's going to help you hold on to your faith. And it's a process to learn how to step out of trauma. It's not easy, you know, um, but I would encourage people to get help and to find that way so they can look at the truth of what they really want in their life. Don't let trauma make your decisions. You make your decisions. I love that. I, I had a thought when, when you were explaining, you know, and you kind of just ended with that is the, the trauma making your decisions. Yeah. Your trauma in your mind is with the doubts and the, and, 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 I, and I think I, I just remember my own experience uh, sometimes or all the time or this morning <laughs> yeah. where I sometimes mistake that for the, the whisperings of the spirit. And I feel like, I don't know, I, I feel like, I mean, I guess that is a good word to put, you know, mistake. Although mm -hmm. I, I'm, I don't know, you know, I, I, maybe I have some work to do with that. So I don't know if any of that made sense. I, I'm trying to like grapple with this right now. Like, like I'm thinking some, some, some of those messages that I receive or, or the trauma yes. trying to make the decisions for me. You know, I mistake for the spirit or like the spirit is reprimanding me, right? Yeah. It goes back to that the wicked take the truth to be hard. And so yeah. I must be wicked because yeah. this is what I perceive as truth. And mm. I'm receiving that message. And I'm like, oh, that's truth. That's a spirit. You know, and then the list goes on. I'm terrible. I'm horrible. You know, go on and on and on and on. And so that makes me think of if if we want to have a healthy relationship with uh with, with god i guess that's the 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 top of the <laughs> the the line there or if we want to have a healthy relationship with the church with the gospel with the spirit it sounds weird asking that like how can i have a healthy relationship with the spirit well maybe i should stop thinking these hurtful messages that i'm receiving <laughs> are reprimands from the spirit i don't know and so what does a a healthy relationship with church or religion 
look like or what does a healthy relationship with God and, you know, spirituality look like? Yeah. Gosh, that's a that's a big question. I don't know if I'm qualified to answer for everyone, but I I can tell you what it looks like for me. Um and just side note, I struggled with depression for 20 years. So when you talk about those negative voices and where do they come from? I'm very familiar with the pain of that because we are left to question all the time. Is that the truth? Is that the spirit telling me I'm really not loved? Is, you know, am I really not worthy of God's blessing? You know, so that challenge is real. Um, my favorite scripture to help me um, decipher all of that, 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. And so when you're listening to those thoughts and those voices, do they make you afraid? Do you go into fear? Oh, God's not going to love me. Oh, God's really going to be mad at me about this. Oh, God's never going to forgive me. And those are fearful thoughts that are not true. When God speaks to you, he is going to speak with, to you with power. and. The truth makes us feel strong. Lies make us feel weak. And that's another great litmus test for <laughs> who is this coming from? Because if it's the truth, we're going to feel stronger, calm, and confident. If it's a lie, we're going to feel weak. So God will give us um, power. He will give us love always. His love for us is eternal, unchanging never ending. Doesn't matter what you do. He's always loving you. And the last thing, which was key for me, a sound mind. So anything that is taken away from my mental peace is either trauma <laughs> or my voices of depression, or I could be listening to the adversary. Right. But when I feel that hysteria in my mind and I feel that craziness in my head, that's not a sound mind. That is not coming from God. I remember uh, when we first started working, I, when I first started working with you, we, we called my voice in my head Sid. Sid from Toy Story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so sometimes I'm like, ah, shut up, Sid. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Yes. Yeah, that's, uh, that's so great. Uh, Robin, thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh, I've been waiting for this moment. Uh -huh. This has been so fantastic and i feel like thank you yeah you're welcome <laughs> thank you for making the trip down <laughs> this is this has been so great hopefully it's helped our viewers and listeners out there who who may have experienced you know anything that we've talked about today and and hopefully this this is relatable to you and and uh and please be sure to subscribe we try to make an episode every sunday uh been doing good for the past little while. You're so amazing. <laughs> uh, well, this, uh, thank you. You're, you're amazing. You've, you've helped me so much and, and over the past several months. And uh, so Robin, before we end, it, can I ask how, how people can reach out to you or find you, or maybe you can just explain that a little bit? Sure. Um, I, my website is theheartwhisperer.com. And so you can go on there, send me an email or just robin at theheartwhisperer.com if you have questions. Um, also, if you want 
I, I do a free 15-minute consultation, so if somebody's wondering if I could help them, I'd love to just talk about it. And if I feel like I'm a fit or I have tools that could help people, we could schedule a session. You can schedule a session on the website. Um, and for women, I have an online um, experience called Brave Hearts that really helps you heal from the pain and trauma of your past and empower you to heal your heart and step into the future. And we'll have that available for men in the future as well. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but there's all sorts of resources if you want to connect with me. And then another website or organization that is amazing <laughs> is uh, the Wholeness Network, thewholenessnetwork.com, yes. right? Yes. And that, uh, I mean, that has so many amazing retreats, podcasts, a lot of amazing guests come on. Robin has a retreat that she has on there that's on that, that you can find. And what else is on there? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm missing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's so much to the wholeness at work. Uh, well, uh, me and my business partner, Michelle, um, one of the reasons we created this is when I went through that 20 years of depression, I didn't have any resources. I didn't have the tools I needed to get out of that. And so we have created an entire library of resources to help you understand your emotions, to help you understand trauma, to help you understand your own energy system of your body, to <laughs> anything body, mind, spirit, or soul you can find information on. And so we have a just a library membership. It's $49 a year per household. So anyone in your family can watch. And there's even a children's corner um, with information for kids, just helping people uh, raise awareness for emotional health. And there's guided meditations and, like you said, taught, similar to TED Talks about different topics by amazing people, really inspiring information on how to help you live life whole, body, mind, spirit, and soul, how to heal all aspects of who you are. Oh, awesome. Thank well, you. Thanks. Thank you again, Robin, for coming on. This is a Saints Unscripted original podcast and is hosted and executive produced by me, Jacob Watson, and Saints Unscripted. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll catch you next time.